to episode four of the Two Girls, One Brain podcast. My name is Claire. And I'm Sarah. And this week's episode is called, Can I Get Your Number? And it's about your Enneagram number. Um, so hopefully you listened to our last mini-sode where we took a terribly long test. <laughs> we, we thought it was going to be much shorter than that. But we got our Enneagram number and we got our um, wing and our variant. And just as a refresher, I am a type 3 with a wing of a 2. And then my variant is self-preservation. And I am a type 6 with a wing of a 7. And I am a social variant. And now I'm going to go through what all that means. Yeah, because I do not know. So she needs to tell me. We just took this and I was like, what does this mean? (laughs) And I literally was just like, and I'm going to wrap this up and leave you hanging. So here we go. So can you guys hear the thunder? It's storming so bad at my apartment and I'm like afraid. Can you hear that? Oh, I heard that. All the way in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Okay, real quick, I want to make a point. Since the pandemic, all these podcasts are having to record remotely, and their sound quality is shit. And like, they finally, us. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So even these like professional people can't get it right. It makes me feel like a lot better. Um. Anyway, that's all. That's not about enneagrams. <laughs> that makes me feel better too, though. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about the enneagram system. So, do I have any history on it? No. Do I know what it's about? Yes. So, the Enneagram consists of nine distinct personality types. And so, everybody has traits of all of the nine personality types. And you should be able to, like, convince, like, see yourself in all of them. But there's one that you are more than the others. And that is... um, your dominant type and everybody is born with a basic personality they're born with a dominant type everyone's Um, born basic (laughs) (laughs) well it's not like something that you can like change into you're like born with it like it's a nature thing not a nurture thing um as far as your wings and your variants that is developed up until the time you're five because that's got a lot to do with like your um like first couple years of life and when you're five you have formed your separate sense of self like which is totally freaky to me because like babies up through four don't identify themselves as separate from other people like that's wild to me (laughs) child psychology nuts anyway um when you're five you've you have like a sense of identity i was gonna say you've cried for your mom to come pick you up from kindergarten (laughs) no just me (laughs) okay (laughs) Maybe that's got to do with your personality type. Anyway. I'm a loyalist to my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Well, maybe. Okay. And so there's about six um, points about your basic type. And I'm going to go through those. So the first point is people do not change from one basic personality type to another. It's not like I'm going to be a three today and then like an eight tomorrow. I'm always a three. That cracks me up that you just said that because uh, I had my boyfriend take this and... I made him send me the results and I said, Oh, that's interesting. And he said, I, 
I don't hold too much weight in these things. It's always a mood of the moment type deal. I bet if I took it tomorrow, it'd be completely different. Uh-uh. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, you're taking it wrong then. Yeah. It's supposed to be about like who you are. Anyway, this is also like, I'm going to get into this. This is also used in like therapy. Like this is like a tool for, it's not like astrology, which I love astrology, but that's a whole lot more ambiguous. This is like a tool for self-exploration anyway so you don't change even though the plant doctor might think he might you don't change the second is the descriptions of the personality type are universal and apply equally to males and females since no type is inherently masculine or feminine so like there's not a difference between a male six and a female six or anything Mm -hmm. um three not everything in the description of your basic type will apply to you all the time because you fluctuate constantly among the healthy average and unhealthy traits that make up your personality type which i'll get into that's a whole section of this too but yeah so you don't identify with all those traits 100 percent of the time it depends on like how your well-being is essentially mm-hmm. um number four the enneagram uses numbers to designate each of the types because numbers are value neutral so they imply a whole range of attitudes and behaviors of each type without specifying anything positive or negative so like no number is better than the other it's not like i'm a number one haha <laughs> it's just like that's just it's kind of arbitrary where those numbers came from Yeah, that's the next point. The numerical ranking of the types is not significant. A larger number is no better than a smaller number, and it is not better to be a 9 than a 2 or a 1 than a 2. So it's literally just a label that's neutral. They could have done colors. Actually, there is a test about colors, and maybe we'll take that another time. (laughs) That's another Um, mini-sode, ladies and gentlemen. It probably is. Okay. Um... I feel like I'd already said this, but number six is no type is inherently better or worse than the others. And then there's like a whole paragraph where it's like, you may feel your type is quote, handicapped in some way, but all of them are. It's like, it's just a group. <laughs> Everyone has bad things. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's your basic type. And I'm going to go through some adjectives that describe each of the nine types. So you can kind of get like who they are. So a type one is principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. A type two is generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. A type three, which is what I am, is adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. I don't feel very adaptable. (laughs) Um, But other than that. A type four is expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. A type five is perceptive innovative, secretive, and isolated. A type six is engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. (laughs) That's you. Do you feel suspicious? I definitely feel anxious. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's like suspicious of others, not like suspicious. I know, but like, I feel, I guess I'm confused because I feel like when we took a quiz, I said that I was more trusting. You were trusting, yeah. Was suspicious. Well, it also is like you don't align with all these all the time either. Does that Wait, make what sense? Did you, sorry, it went out a you, little bit. You don't align with all of these all the time. Yeah. Yeah. A type 7 is spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. Type 8 is self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. That was my second most. Uh, Which one? The type 8, 
self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised you're not more type 8. I'm type 3 because it's, you have to be the best at everything. And it's, like, <laughs> performance-based and, yeah. Um, type 9 is receptive, reassuring, complacent, and resigned. And so that is um, just an overview of the nine types. And so when you look this up, there's a little, it's a circle, it's a little chart thing that has all of the, um, the numbers around it. And it's got a bunch of lines drawn to them. Um, you should look this up for yourself because I don't know how to post pictures <laughs> for our podcast. Some homework for you guys. Yeah, so just look up an Enneagram picture. But it's like kind of like a clock, but it's got a bunch of lines between them. And so it's broken up into thirds a couple different ways. So this next section is about the centers. Then Enneagram is a three-by-three arrangement of nine personality types that fall into three centers. And the three types are the instinctive center, the feeling center, and the thinking center. And dependent on where your type is in this circle, like which third it falls into, that has to do with what center you're in. So types 8, 9, and 1 are in the instinctive center. Types 2, 3, and 4 are in the feeling center. Types 5, 6, and 7 are in the thinking center. So I'm in the feeling center, and you're in the thinking center. I do be thinking. (laughs) I do be feeling. So where it is in the center is not arbitrary. Each type comes from a particular relationship with a cluster of issues that characterize that center. And so... In the instinctive center, which neither of us are in, but that's types 8, 9, and 1, the emotion that is, like, most resonant with those people is anger or rage. In the feeling center, where I am, the emotion is shame. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, makes sense. Claire lives in a corner of shame. (laughs) That's why that Brene Brown book I keep talking about, Darren Greatly, keeps targeting me. It's just... (laughs) Anyway, shame. And <laughs> the thinking center where you are, your feeling is fear. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> I'm afraid all the time. Yeah. So, of course, all nine types contain all three of these emotions, but in each center, the personalities of the type are particularly affected by that central emotion. So, eight nines and ones feel anger or rage. Two threes and fours feel shame. And five sixes and sevens feel fear the most and so everybody has a different way of coping with their emotions um i'm only going to talk about us because <laughs> there's so, nine of yeah. them and that's a lot of them so like for threes which is me they try to deny their shame and our <laughs> type threes are potentially the most out of touch with their underlying feelings of inadequacy <laughs> Threes learn to cope with shame by trying to become what they believe is a valuable, successful person. Thus, threes learn to perform well and be acceptable, even outstanding, and are often driven relentlessly in their pursuit of success as a way of staving off feelings of shame and fears of failure. Don't at me. (laughs) I was like, that feels right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's rude of the Enneagram to respond that way, but that's true. And then for sixes, which is uh, Sarah over here. And also, uh, wing fingers, by the way. Sixes exhibit the most fear of all three types. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sixes are scaredy cat little bitches. 
they uh, largely experience their fear as anxiety, which causes them to be, oh, I'm the most out of touch with my feelings of inadequacy, and you're the most out of touch with your feelings of your sense of inner knowing and confidence. Well, hot damn. (laughs) All right. Sixes have trouble trusting their own minds, so they're constantly looking outside themselves for something to make them feel sure of themselves. They might turn to philosophies, beliefs, relationships, jobs, savings, authorities, or any combination of the above. But no matter how many security structures they create, sixes still feel doubtful and anxious. They may even begin to doubt the very people and beliefs they have turned to for reassurance. Sixes may also respond to their fear and anxiety by impulsively confronting it, defying the fear in an effort to be free of it. So it can manifest, like, as complete anxiety or, like, trying to rebel against your anxiety and being just, like, out there. Yeah, it's definitely not that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But the rest of that stuff felt pretty spot on for the most part. Yeah. So, I mean, it says it could be either or, so Mm -hmm. there you go. (sighs) We're really just getting into it today, huh? Just diving into, like, some real serious deep shit. Peering into my soul. 13 minutes into the podcast. Okay. So, let's talk about our wings. So, we I'm a type 2 wing. And what type wing are you? 7. Okay. So, this says, No one is a pure personality type. Everyone is a unique mixture of his or her basic type, and usually one of the two adjacent types on the circumference of the Enneagram. So, you're not going to be, like, a type 3 wing 8 because they're not next to each other. Like, your your wings are on either side of you, and you're usually oh. dominant to one over the other. Was... So, like, does that make any sense? Yes. Like, number-wise? Okay. Do-do-do. There's a disagreement uh, but among Enneagram people about whether individuals have one or two wings. Strictly speaking, everybody has two wings, because there's a, not a side on either side of your number. Like, there's two numbers next to you, because that's how it works. Number <laughs> that's lines. how sequential numbers work. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, technically, you have two wings, but you are going to have a dominant wing, is what's really agreed upon by most people. Um, some people believe that they would have equal amounts of each trait, but that's not necessarily true. Observation of people leads us to conclude that while the two-wing theory applies to some individuals... Most people have a dominant wing. So, um, that's why we only had one on our test. If we wanted to pay to take a test, we could probably do that and get more, but I don't want to. I don't want to do that either. No, this is enough. And this is interesting, I thought. It says many people in the latter half of their lives have reported the development of their so-called second wing. So, like, the older you get, the more likely your wings even out. Like, there's a less dominant one. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So my, hang on, I threw this paper on the floor. So my wing is a type two, which is generous, demonstrative, people pleasing, and possessive. And what was your wing? Did you say demonic? Demonstrative. (laughs) Not demonic. This Generous is where I should invest in better earphones. Um, what was What's the question? 
<laughs> What's your wing? Oh, my wing is seven, which is... So a seven is spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. Yeah, I'm definitely scattered. <laughs> <laughs> she says that she had to think about what words he said and chose the last one because it was the most recent, but also the most true. <laughs> well, there you go. That's our wings. Okay, and this part I think is interesting too. This is what we're talking about when they were talking about healthy, average, and um, unhealthy. So this is the levels of development. Um, so the structure of like all the adjectives under your type has a continuum. So it's like you can be some of the traits at one time and not at other times. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like you're like fluctuating between things. So the levels account for differences between people of the same type as well. So like I could be, well, I am a three, but my three could present differently than somebody else's three. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Because I mean, if you're going to put all of humanity into nine different types of people... You better account for some variability within each type. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, it gets, like, really complex if you want to get into it. But um, to understand an individual accurately, it's necessary to perceive where the Persian lies along the continuum of levels at a given time. So, there are nine levels of development, which is, like, nine Enneagrams with nine levels of development. There's a lot of variation. Um, So, there's three in each section. And so the continuum is, in the healthy section, it's got level one, which is the level of liberation. That's, like, the most, like, that's the best you could be. Like, you're the most self-actualized. You're only exhibiting the positive traits. The level of liberation. Number two is the level of psychological capacity, which is, like, the best you can actually attain. (laughs) So level one is, like, not attain. Like, it's not. It just exists It's like nirvana. Yeah, literally, yeah. And level two is like, this is what you can actually achieve. <laughs> like, let's be realistic here, folks. We're not going to get there, so. <laughs> kind of. Level three is the level of social value, which I don't have a definition for that one, so take that as you will. And those are three in the healthy status. Average, which is where the majority of people lie. Level four is the level of imbalance slash social role. The level five is level of interpersonal control, and level six is the level of overcompensation. So most people are fluctuating between a four and a six, just in general. Like, you're sometimes overcompensating, sometimes you need control, but, you know, you haven't reached psychological capacity yet, and you're <laughs> never going to reach liberation. What, but on the unhealthy... What a terrible... <laughs> statement you will never reach liberation (laughs) on this continuum (laughs) okay (laughs) so for unhealthy there's also three levels and these are like you need therapy level seven is the level of violation level eight is the level of obsession and compulsion and level nine is the level of pathological destructiveness so yeah that's like only negative traits so you're going that's so only negative traits is attainable like i'm anxious and scattered and that's all i am (laughs) yeah you need therapy you You won't get liberated but you'll get close (laughs) 
Well, it's really interesting to me that you said Nirvana because this says um, the levels kind of measure our capacity to be present, which is very close to like meditation and that kind of stuff, like being in the moment and being present and like that kind of thought. And it says the more we move down the levels, the more identified we are with our ego and it's increasingly negative and restrictive patterns. And so like the less you... This is so funny that you said Nirvana because, like, that's exactly what it is. It's like the I'm like, like you a genius. <laughs> I mean, basically. So it's like you try to move up the levels. It's because you're more awake and present in your hearts, minds, and bodies. So when we identify less with our personality, we find that we respond as needed to whatever life presents, actualizing the positive potentials in all nine types, bringing real peace, creativity, strength joy, compassion, and other positive qualities to whatever we're doing. Yay! So there's that. Yeah. And then there's a section that I skipped. And then let's talk about the three instincts because this is kind of interesting. And this is like the last researchy part I have. So my instinct was self-preservation. And what was yours? Oh, are these the variants? Yes, yes. Sorry. Um, mine was social, which I thought was funny. That's it. See, I thought mine was going to be social, but it's not. So did I. So, yes. So, the yeah, sorry. The variants and the um, instincts are the same thing. The three instincts are a third set of distinctions that are completely... Nope. No, no, no. They are extremely <laughs> important. <laughs> sorry, you can't read. Nope, no, no, no. <laughs> I read the next line down. The three instincts are a third set of distinctions that are extremely important for understanding a personality. We each have a self-preservation instinct for preserving the body, its life, and functioning, a sexual instinct for extending ourselves in the environment through generations, and a social instinct for getting along with others and forming secure bonds. And while we all have the three instincts in us, one of them is dominant, and that's where we focus our attention and behavior. That's our dominant instinct, which is also called our variant, which we already talked about. When we apply the distinctions to the three instincts to the nine Enneagram types, there are 27 unique combinations. So if you talk Nine about the levels three. and... Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, you can do math and I can't. I have to read this off a paper. I have to read anyway. this off a paper. <laughs> I can't do numbers, but you can, I guess. Um, anyway, there's 27 different types. So it's more complex than just the nine. And then there's like variability between the that. So eloquent. This variability. Can't do numbers, can't do words. She can just feel. I'm, yeah, I got a lot of feelings and I have to be the best. That's one of my feelings. Okay. So let's talk about what defines these instincts. So the self preservation instinct, which is what I got, um, people who have this as their dominant instinct are preoccupied with the safety, comfort, health, energy, and well-being of the physical body. LOL, I'm so paranoid right now about this global pandemic that I have to keep going to work in. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> just, just thinking about my health. Um, in a word, they're concerned with having enough resources to meet life's demands. Um, they identify a lot with the body and they're like in touch with that. Most people in contemporary cultures have not faced life or death or survival in the strictest sense. Thus, self-preservation 
self-preservation types tend to be concerned with food, money, housing, medical matters, and physical comfort. Um, those primarily focused on self-preservation by extension are usually interested in maintaining these resources for others as well. This focus naturally goes towards things related to these areas such as clothes, temperature, shopping, decorating, and the like, particularly if they're not satisfied in these areas or having a deficiency in their childhoods. Self-preservation types tend to be more ground. I know. I feel like I did not have a deficiency of that in my childhood. So there's that for me. (laughs) (laughs) There's self-preservation types (laughs) tend to be more grounded, practical, serious, and introverted than the other two types. And these people are seen as, quote, nesters, and they seek domestic tranquility and security with a stable, reliable partner. That last sentence, ding, ding, ding. I yeah, when it said domestic sick. tranquility and then it kept going on to a stable and reliable partner, I was like, oh, so all of Claire. <laughs> I do want that. I would love to have a nest and a stable, reliable partner. If you were an animal, you'd be a bird. But one of the chill Maybe birds. So. Yeah, I got mixed feelings about birds. I yeah. hate seagulls. Seagulls are pelicans? Don't get me started. Uh... Terrifying don't creatures. bother me, but they are scary. They are scary. Okay. So this next one is the sexual instinct. It says, aka attraction. And this one is neither one of us. Um, many people originally identify themselves as this type because they have learned that the sexual types are interested in, quote, one-on-one relationships. But all three instinctual types are interested in one-on-one relationships. <laughs> so this does not distinguish them. You stupid hoes. <laughs> <laughs> This is the key element in sexual types is the intense drive for stimulation and a constant awareness of the chemistry between themselves and others, sexual or otherwise. Um, basically, these people are looking for excitement and, like, how you vibe. Like, they're not interested in people, like, not, like, romantically. They're just not interested in people who don't vibe with them. Um, it's not necessarily about engaging in sexual acts, um, and they're not going to get involved with people that they aren't stimulated by traits of the intellect or of this instinctual type are aggressive competitive charged emotionally and intense um these sexual types have an intense energetic charge in their primary relationship or they remain unsatisfied so there's that they just need some spice (laughs) (laughs) they just need some of that intense spice (laughs) yeah they're just real spicy people okay Next, which is what you are, Sarah, is the social instinct. This is what I thought I was going to be, but I guess not. Okay. Just as many people tend to misidentify themselves as sexual types because they want one-on-one relationships, many people fail to recognize themselves as social types. That's you. Yeah, I do fail to recognize this. Yeah. But they get the false idea that this means always being involved in groups, meetings, or parties. Social types adapt themselves to serve the needs of the social situations they find themselves in. They're highly aware of other people, whether they're in intimate situations or in groups. Moreover, sexual types seek intimacy. Social types seek personal connection. They want to stay in long-term contact with people and be involved in their world. They're most concerned with doing things that will have some impact on their community or even broader domains. They tend to be warmer, more open, engaging, and socially responsible, more so than the other two types. In their primary relationships, they seek partners with whom they can share social activities, wanting their intimates to get involved in projects and events with them. 
paradoxically, they actually tend to avoid having long periods of exclusive intimacy and quiet solitude, seeing both as potentially limiting. Social types lose their sense of identity and meaning when they are not involved with others in activities that transcend their individual interests. Thoughts? I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've said this with the rest of them too, where I'm like, some of that makes sense and some of it doesn't. <laughs> Which I well, guess that's, that's how of, all of it works. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of the thing of it. It's not like, this is you 100%, but it's a useful tool. Um... Well, it's a tool that was developed for use in therapy, and I tried to find, like, some research on that, and I really didn't. I found this one woman's website. It's carolcampbellmft.com, but she put a quote that I really liked. This was Her website looks like she built it in, like, the 90s. It's just, like, it looks like maybe a Microsoft Word document just, like, online. But she's a therapist. She's, like, a licensed therapist, and you can make an appointment with her or whatever. I don't even know where she's based out of, but I found her website because I looked up Enneagrams in therapy. But here's what she said about it. She said, understanding the Enneagram is useful in therapy for many reasons. First, it validates why it is that you seem to have gotten into whatever difficulties you have. It's comforting to know you're not alone, and the others who share your point probably have similar issues. Second, once you understand that there are nine equally valid points, and therefore perspectives on life as well, you can free yourself from the frustration of expecting others with different points to be like you. Third, the Enneagram provides a pathway to growth and healing that's based on the simple concept of observing yourself. Which I think summarizes it pretty nicely. That's like, it's basically just a self-examination tool. Yeah, it's not like a strict category that you're going to find yourself in all of the time, but it's just mm-hmm. helpful to know sometimes how you deal with situations versus how other people may be dealing with those same situations. Mm-hmm. And people use it in, like, workplace situations for, like, management and, like, development stuff, but I did it because I love personality tests. <laughs> Tell me who I am. That's how I feel. And that's all the research I have. Any thoughts, Sarah? <laughs> That's all the research I have. This whole episode has just been me laughing at things you're saying and then immediately repeating them. <laughs> um, not much different, I feel like, probably from any other episode, but just happening a lot more this one. Um, I feel like I talked a lot this time. Yeah, well, you did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. So kudos to you. But I Thank think it's you. interesting. I didn't cite it! Because... Wait, what? I said... I didn't cite my research. I have to get my paper again and tell you where it's from. Hang on. Sorry, I like literally threw this on the ground. Because when I was reading it, I was like throwing a page on the ground at a time because I was like... Okay. It's from EnneagramWorldwide.com. Okay, that's all. Continue. Um... What was I going to say? Oh, I thought it was interesting because I was so thrown at the end of the minisode because I've taken this quiz, like this exact quiz, I'm pretty sure, about one to two years ago, and I was a different type. I was a type four. But as you can tell by the way that I answered some of the questions that I don't think that uh, that described me as much anymore. So I think this makes more sense, actually, the more you went into type six. <laughs> Well, that's interesting that you said you were a type four before, because it's not supposed to change. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I was just in some type of mood <laughs> when I answered it the first time. 
because isn't I think four is like the super emotional like individual like I'm sad one so maybe I was Mm -hmm. genuinely just upset when I took it and I know that's I know it literally says do not take this in the mood of the moment do this as like a long-standing over time thing but I I think that's probably how I answered it um so yeah I feel like six does actually define me more but that also, I feel like it does go to show to take this with a grain of salt, but I do think mm-hmm. if you answer honestly and try to look at it more objectively, um, it probably is a little more accurate. But yeah, take it with a grain of salt as well, because sometimes and things may change just a wee bit. <laughs> I, um, that that's just a basic overview of what I did. There's so much more. If you're interested in this, there's so much to read about. Take the quiz for yourself. We want to know what types you are. There's also a lot of the types. Um, the three Instagram. of you guys who listen are. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, we already know that Wing Fingers is a six. Plant Doctor is a two. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't it's have Julian any faith Aaron. in the system, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm. are two skeptical? I don't feel like they are. They're helpful. I think their whole thing is like being helpful to others. Yeah, it is. Um, I follow a couple. I don't want to say meme accounts because they're not meme accounts, but they're like Enneagram art accounts. Is it when it has like a nice decoration and then it has words and stuff describing? Yeah. I've seen a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah. Let me see. I sent you, did you see the thing I sent you on Instagram for the Enneagram meme account? Like the actual memes? You want to go into that? Yeah. You want to talk about that? Sure. Um, I wish there's so many, and so it's hard to tell which ones are going to be good before I click on them. Here's the Instagram that I follow. It's called cathartic underscore word, and they just do, like, art about Enneagrams, and it's kind of, like, bright colors and nice, and it's definitely, like, digital art, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> like, they, <laughs> they put out... Like, here's a picture. It says, ways to cope. Type three. Checking off your list. Long drives. Working out. Coffee. Power clothes. And I'm like, I identify with all those things. There's this one with a, this is from the Enneagram and Memes Instagram. And Mm -hmm. it's a screenshot from The Good Place of Chidi. And it says, type threes fully committing to a task to prove they can do something. And it's a screenshot of him saying, I'm going to eat all this chili and or die trying. <laughs> oh, if you haven't watched The Good Place, everybody needs to watch The Good Place. It's like such a good show. And then it says the next one. I think this is uh, just a bunch of The Good Place screenshots for mostly type threes because the next one's also a type three thing. And it says type threes looking back on relationships. And it's a double screenshot of um, Eleanor, and that's her name, right? I haven't, yeah, the lead. I was going to say, I haven't watched it in a really long time. I actually need to watch the last season. But um, she says, actually, none of your exes have ever gotten a... Wait, no. I messed this all mm-hmm. up. <laughs> Janet says to Eleanor, actually, none of your exes have ever gotten over you. And she turns and says, you're damn right they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Hmm. I have <laughs> one more, thoughts. one more for you <laughs> from okay, the good place. Go um, it says type threes, and 
Cheney's talking to Eleanor, and he says, I know you're deflecting by making jokes about how hot you are, and she's legitimately crying. She goes, it's not a joke. I'm a legit snack. (laughs) (laughs) That feels like me, though. So those are are some fun memes for you. I'm trying to see if they have any easy-to-find... Yeah, what are some six memes? Six memes. Let's see, type six memes. This is also from The Good Place. (laughs) It's cheaty, and it's when he goes, I'm sorry, everyone, I just have some worries as well as some concerns that could potentially turn into outright fears. Oh, there they go. They're they're fears now. (laughs) (laughs) That is a type six by description. You're very afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid. (laughs) I reference this all the time and Claire knows what I'm talking about but it is a post from Tumblr where this girl is talking about how her mom was trying to type an email to try to say that they were she was like afraid they had to cancel a meeting or like reschedule something and she hit send too early or hinder or something and so it just said like Jeffrey I am afraid <laughs> and I think about oh that God. all of the time because that's my natural so state funny. Jeffrey I am afraid Oh, that's so funny. Let's see, let's see. This is a type three Parks and Rec one, and it's when Tom is speaking to the camera and he's showing how he always walks on red carpet in his shoes. It says red carpet insult. Everywhere I go, I'm walking on red carpet. That feels right. Should I do that to my shoes? Would that be good? I feel like that would honestly make you feel a little better. <laughs> I think it might actually. Is that bad? And then the type six one for the Park and Rex is a screenshot of Chris Traeger saying, my anxiety has kept me up for over 50 hours. And the next one is just him laughing. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of this meme account? It's Enneagram and Memes. So very aptly named. Well, I wonder if our listeners are having as fun of a time um, listening to me describe images. (laughs) I'm going through them right now. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. I'm not looking at them, but I know all these jokes. So if anybody doesn't watch these shows, they're not going to get it. They're like, I can't see it. She's describing them pretty poorly. And I've never seen these shows. Never mind. Here's the thing, though. We're going to end this episode. And it's going to be half as long as the <laughs> quote mini Okay, to be fair, I think once you edit the mini so too, so when we originally um, recorded the mini we included yes. it's 52 questions, and we recorded us going over every single one, <laughs> and saying which one, like, how far on the scale we would be, like, personally, and so we're gonna fix that. <laughs> Claire, I should I'm say gonna... we, Claire's gonna fix that. <laughs> I'm going to trim it down. Right now, it's at 50 minutes. So. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, at the beginning, though, we did do a little catch up thing as well. So that can't be helped. Um, Mm -hmm. We caught up with ourselves. (laughs) Which I like doing. I think we should do that on our mini sode. I just now noticed your hair scrunchie is very cute. Thank you. I just put it up. So Um, so cute. Yeah, for those of you. What does Enneagram say about cutting your own bangs? (laughs) Oh, it doesn't. But do you want to talk about that a little bit, Sarah? What? What? Why do you? Why are you talking about cutting your own bangs? Is because, that something that? Uh... Because I cut my own bangs, so they look really bad. <laughs> she won't show them to me. We're on Google Hangouts, and she's got them clipped up in this little bun on top of her head, and she won't. She's like, I can't. They won't look good. And I'm like, I don't care. I just want to see. Like I, 
I have so much shame. I feel like I'm in your corner. I'm in the oh, shame you're, corner. Yeah. No, um, you're in the fear corner. I'm in the shame corner. <laughs> I mean, I also have fear about them, so it's kind of like I'm shimmying in between those two. Um, dance between fear and shame. Sounds healthy. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so I quarantine got to me, guys. Even though it's technically, I guess, towards the end of this. I mean, you're still working at home. You're The pandemic is here and better than ever in South Carolina. And yeah, I'm so going like, to work all the time. And I'm not saying so that scared. I agree with all of the governments opening up. But technically, like by local government's standards, they're like, quarantine's basically over. Um, but I'm still working from home. And so, yeah, I uh, cut my bangs. And they... I should say I cut myself bangs. I had grown my bangs out for the first time in ever, like a year ago. And that was the first time I had ever had, like, grown out bangs. And I cut them to be essentially straight across bangs. And they are and bad. And she won't show me. <laughs> Next time. I Everybody, will let them please, grow out at least a week <laughs> before I Please be. message us on our Instagram for a picture of Sarah's bangs oh, that's they're gonna be grown out by the time this posts but maybe we'll have that we... like i'll take a picture now like i'll take a picture yeah take a picture now about how shitty they look and if people like if we have a <laughs> some sort of competition or like get people to do just if we get I'll like two dms <laughs> if we just get like yeah like a couple dms we'll post sarah's terrible bangs i don't even know if they're terrible because you won't show no, me they, claire i'm not showing you because they're terrible <laughs> Okay. That's not, I'm making a decision. I'm being unlike myself. And my decision is to not show you. Well, I guess that's growth. I've <laughs> never heard someone sound so bitter about personal growth. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, I enjoyed this. I don't know if any of our listeners did. If you are a listener and you enjoyed this, let us know. If you're a listener and you freaking hated this and are like, please talk about dating. Don't talk about freaking Personalities. I have bad news. We're going to talk a lot about personalities, but we don't talk about Enneagrams again. Message us. Tell us what you want to hear about. We just like talking, honestly. We just be talking. We just be talking. Half the time so, over each other. <laughs> that's true. That's a That makes for a lot of interesting editing choices. I'm like, who? Whose <laughs> volume am I going to reduce? That's funny. She deals so much, like with so much more <laughs> Than I could ever imagine. Sometimes I think it's it's like difficult to like get the energy up to make an outline or to talk for a long time. And Claire does all of that and then a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of I'm a type three and I have to be the best. So there's that. Where like energy comes into that. Did we talk about that? Like having high versus low energy? It's not outlined as part of any of the traits that i've read uh, so i just be sleepy <laughs> yeah maybe maybe so that's my other variant. okay well thank y'all so much for listening thank you for tuning in again we're really glad to be back for season two i know we're already like kind of deep into it at this point but like we're recording these before we release them so i'm still excited about it <laughs> Me too. I feel like you were waiting for me to say something. Well, I thought you were gonna say something and then you like <laughs> I didn't. Can tell I was like, oh, by okay. the look on your face and the pause that was made that I should have spoken <laughs> up and I didn't. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, 
Anyway, I'm going to try to wrap this up again. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we'll be back again next week with another something. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Bye.